What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Built Different Podcast. My name is Zach Clinton. I'll be your host. And as we continue to grow, I'll have friends joining me each week to interview some of the leading experts in the fields of motivational speaking, mental health, ministry, and even sports. Our goal is to instill hope, encouragement, and motivation in and through your life today. And our prayer is that after each episode, you'd be more equipped and encouraged to look, love, and live more like Christ from the inside out. That's our definition of what it means to be built different. So I hope you're ready. You better buckle up. Let's roll. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Built Different Podcast. We hope you guys had a very merry and blessed Christmas. And today we're kind of going to be transitioning out of the Christmas season and into what we're looking forward to as an incredible 2023 being the new year. You guys joining us today is another powerhouse guest. He's a New York Times bestselling author, having written very well-known books such as The Energy Bus, The Power of Positive Leadership, Training Camp, The Carpenter, and so many more. And truly, he is one of the leading and I would say the expert motivational speakers of our day and age. His name is Mr. John Gordon. You guys, it is so incredible to have him as a guest. He's been someone that has really influenced my life and impacted it in many ways. I'm so incredibly thankful for him and his friendship. And what we really look at and dive into here and throughout this entire episode is this idea of positivity and optimism. And I think what John does a really great job of elaborating on is this understanding that positivity is not just looking through these rainbow like glasses to where it's like we are pretending as if pain is not you know present in our daily lives i believe that nobody is a stranger to adversity and so in knowing that it's not about pretending it's about then confronting and choosing to view things through a different perspective through a lens of optimism and positivity even in the midst or despite the difficulties and the challenges and adversity that we may face. Garrett, what do you think about the episode today? You know, I love John because he sort of outlines the reality that there is pain, like yeah. you said. And, you know, we've all been around those people who are so uber positive that it's almost like standoffish. Yeah. Um, but what I, what I am so excited about is John provided us an opportunity to really look at our circumstances, look at the new year in a way for us to, to really engage with positivity and take on that perspective of, I'm going to choose to look for the good in the situation, whether, whether good or bad. And, and I love the idea that this, this idea of positivity and, and changing our, you know, perspective can impact our relationships. It can impact the culture around us, whether it's at work, Mm -hmm. uh, with friends and community. And so, you know, as we listen to the interview with John, I, I encourage our listeners, think through your relationships, where you're plugged in at with friends, church community, where you're employed, like your, your work culture and work environment. And where can you really take on this, this idea of, of positive mindset and, and really sort of permeate the culture in a way that is impacting to others? So I'm excited for you guys to hear this interview with John. Let's go now to our interview with John Gordon. John, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks, Zach. Thanks, Garrett. Man, so excited to have you back on the podcast. Actually, you are our very first guest on the Built Different Podcast nearly two years ago. John, thank you so much um, just for your willingness to help us kickstart this. We just celebrated our 100th episode, so God has been moving in and throughout it, and it wouldn't have been possible without you. I just want our guests to know and you to know up front how thankful I am for you, not only for some of the works that I've been able to read of yours. You're a New York Times bestselling author, having written books like The Energy Bus, The Power positive leadership training camp the carpenter and so many more i also had the opportunity of going out to one of your power of positive leadership summits out in california and learning under you and i've just been blessed uh, 
to know you, to develop a friendship with you, and just to really um, kind of steward under your mentorship from afar. So I just wanted to thank you and let all of our listeners know all the amazing impact you've had on my life personally. But John, as we begin, um, I just kind of wanted to enter into this idea. I've already said the word several times in that introduction that you're kind of known for, which is positivity. John, can you help our listeners understand what is kind of positive psychology as compared to maybe what some of us believe it may be? Well, first I want to say, Zach, it's great to be with you. I appreciate you. I love seeing you grow, seeing you do this. I love that I was your first guest. I set the bar low so that way you just had you know, a lot of room to grow and improve along the way after I did my first podcast with you. So it's good to be back again after all this time. And positivity is, is it's not fake positivity. It's not Pollyanna positive. It's not about seeing the world through rose-colored glasses. It's knowing that you have the power to overcome the thorns. It's not about ignoring reality. It's about maintaining optimism, belief, and faith in order to create a better reality. Like It's okay to say this stinks. It's okay to say this is tough. This challenge is, is really hard. What I'm going through is, is really difficult right now. But how do I find a way forward? How do I overcome? How do I bring more optimism, more hope, more belief to it? Psychology in general focuses on what's wrong. It focuses on the, the pains of the past. Positive psychology is really about focusing on strengths. It's focusing on what's right. It's focusing on hope and optimism and belief and happiness and the good emotions, not the, the negative emotions. Now, it's okay to, to acknowledge the pain you go through. It's okay to acknowledge the grief. You do have to deal with it, but I really believe it. it's from a standpoint of healing. Know the wound you're dealing with so that you can heal the wound so you can grow. But don't just focus on the wound and, and keep on pouring, you know, um, stuff into it so it actually continues to get worse and worse and worse and burns and burns and burns like alcohol, right? Keep on pouring that alcohol on it. It's going to keep burning. No, keep doing things that heal it so that over time you can become a better, more whole person than someone who lives by the wounds of their past. Mm, I love that. What you're saying kind of is kind of something that I always speak on is that pain is inevitable, but our perspective in the midst of our pain is what steers our potential. I always say we can't pretend, right? Like pain and challenge don't exist in life, but despite or in spite of our pain, right? We can choose joy. We can choose optimism. We can choose belief, like you're saying. So some of those things, man, I've learned under you now for years, just listening to some of your stuff, reading some of your books. Like I said, um, you are a leading expert in that field, and I'm incredibly thankful for that. But John, in all reality, there are sometimes in some moments in life when it's just very difficult to choose optimism or to choose joy. Like maybe we feel like our backs pressed up against the wall. We feel like we're in a high pressure situation, like things just aren't going our way. Life's not the way it's supposed to be. And I feel like in those moments, though, is when God blesses us with other people, with community, with friends for the fire, to sharpen us, to help hold us accountable, to uplift us, to encourage us, to carry us through. John, can you help us understand a little bit, just in knowing that God made us for relationship, why teamwork, in a sense, is so pivotal in helping us reach our goals, but also become the very best versions of ourselves? Well, no one creates success alone. We all need a team to be successful. We need other people. We were created and designed to be in relationship with God and then with each other. Even God is relational. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one, is 
a relational relationship. So that's what it's all about. We are meant to be together and with each other. This idea of being resilient, we often think of as a lone ranger, that Rambo type figure. I'm going to be resilient. I'm going to be tough. I'm going to be gritty. I'm going to be overcome. But Karen Rivich, who's one of the top resilience experts in the world, she's out of the University of Pennsylvania. I met her recently. We were both speaking to the Chicago Bulls. And we were talking and she told me resilience happens in community. It happens in connection. It happens when you're part of a group of people who love and care and support you. And that's how you find resilience. You know, Zach, as someone who has kids, and I know your father really well, when you are a parent and you have kids, your love and support of those kids help them be resilient through their toughest times, your belief in them, your encouragement of them. So that's why relationships are so important because we are not meant to do life alone. And in each other, with each other, we find a greater strength, a collective strength, a collective greatness that we don't find on our own. Each person has weaknesses on a team, yeah. but you put all these people with weaknesses together with flaws, but then together they make up for each other's weaknesses. And then you find a collective strength that allows them to overcome and be stronger in the long run by being together. So I know that in marriage, right? I have my weakness. My wife has hers, but together her strengths compensate for my weakness and my strengths compensate for her. So when we make decisions now, we always make decisions together like investments because I've been wrong in the past and yep. she's been wrong. So yep. now we have the co-pilot model, like airplanes. You can't make a decision on your own. You have to do it together with co-pilots. That way you avoid all these accidents that happen if one pilot is making the decision by themselves. So they check in with each other as they're flying. You have to do the same thing, I believe, in your relationships. Hmm. You know, John, that is one of the core values of Built Different. Yeah. is pressing into the relationships that matter most because life gets messy, circumstances are hard, and what you said, our community is what helps birth resilience within us mm -hmm. to be able to push forward and to push through. And so, you know, we're looking at a new year. It is, you know, 2023. Yeah. Everyone, you know, they're setting goals and, and just have ideas for what they want the future to look like. And a lot of people listening today, John, they're looking to strengthen the relationships mm -hmm. around them, whether it's, you know, family or spouse or even, uh, you know, professionally. Yeah. What are some things that we could be doing and even sharing with our listeners to help strengthen those relationships, especially as we're talking about resiliency? You know, we need those people around us. My wife and I wrote a book called Relationship Grit, yep. and it's really about how you become stronger together and stay together through tough times. And there are four C's that we share to build a great relationship, communication, connection, commitment, and caring. So if you want to improve your relationships with others, communicate better with them, find ways to communicate so you can build that relationship, meaningful communication, where there's avoiding communication, negativity will fill it. So we always have to make sure we're filling the void with positive communication and honest and transparent communication is also key there. Then there's connection, taking the time to connect with someone. That's how you build a bond. That's how you build trust. That's how you build a real relationship. When we are connecting with each other, talking about meaningful things, spending some time together, even playing sports together. I start to play pickleball with a bunch of guys and we start to get to know each other a lot better. We become uh, friends, you're in the battle together and just that time together, that battle together 
fosters a connection and a relationship. And that connection is how you, how, how you build into commitment. Like my wife and I will take the time to be connected. We were not connected yesterday at all during the day. And we went, we were fighting, we were having disagreements. It was like, I was like, we are really out of sync. We took a walk together. And by the end of the walk, we were so much more connected talking about relationship grid. Actually, we had to give a presentation on it coming up and we were talking about, you know, the talk we were going to give. And I was patient. I was listening. I was helping. We were guiding. I was guiding. And then, and then along the way, we, we felt more connected. So I think that's, that's important to take the time to connect when we can be so distant. We can be so busy. We can be so stressed. We don't make the time. And so you're not going to have a good relationship if you don't make the time for each other. So connection is essential. And then there's commitment. Like you have to be committed to each other. Let's back up for a second. The more connected you are, the more committed you will be. So connection leads to commitment, but then you strengthen commitment by demonstrating your commitment to others, sacrificing for them, serving them, being selfless, not selfish. If you knew someone had your best interest at heart, would you be more open to their feedback? Of course you would. So does that person have my best interest? Does that person care about me? Are they out for themselves? Or when push comes to shove, or we're dealing with a difficult situation or adversity strikes, is that person going to basically leave me hanging, leave me to fend for myself, or are they going to be with me and there for me? And that's a big question you have to ask of your relationships. And you know the people who are committed to you. And those are the ones who you want to be committed back to. Commitment recognizes commitment. And that is, that is essential for relationships. But we live in a world that's focused on, on me. We live in a world that's focused on how I can get better, how I can grow, what you can do for me, my own agenda. And then you wind up basically seeing how other people could fill your agenda, but people could smell and see an agenda a mile away, right? You can tell. I would say, don't have an agenda. Make other people your agenda, Hmm. serve them and commit to them and make that your agenda. So we got this communication, we got connection and we got commitment. And then there's also caring. So it's really about caring about someone and letting them know you care about them. You know, it's interesting. You look at couples, the ones that don't make it, you can tell that somewhere along the way, one of the, the parties, one of the people felt unwanted and didn't feel like they were wanted by the other person. You have to make each other feel wanted. My wife and I talk about this all the time in a meaningful relationship. But say you're in a work relationship. Instead of wanted, use the term value. Like, do I value? Do I appreciate you? When I recognize your value, guess what? You feel more valuable. And you appreciate that in me. You see that in me. And then when you make me feel valuable and you value me, I want to be around you. Right. So do we make each other feel valuable? Do we make each other feel wanted? That's the key to a relationship. That's commitment. That's caring. You know, John, there is something that does happen when we do press into those relationships to build them. The culture and the atmosphere around us can shift. And so speaking maybe into the, the cultural aspect of, of building those relationships, yeah. what can happen in 2023 for our listeners if they decide to press into relationships with the idea that our professional environments can change and even our relational environments can change? Well, the culture you have is built upon the relationships you have. Like the foundation is communication 
That foundation of communication is what ultimately creates a great relationship, connection, commitment. And then from that relationship, that's the foundation upon which winning teams are built, winning cultures. So give me and show me a great culture and I'll show you people who are connected and committed and enjoy working together and love going to battle together and competing together, whatever it may be in life, they're doing it together. So the relationships foster a great culture. So great cultures have to have great relationships as part of their culture. So the more we press into relationships, the more we make them a priority, the more we in, invest in them, we're going to help build our culture. My wife and I, the stronger we are, the better our family culture is going to be. Mm -hmm. If we're not strong together, then the culture is not going to be strong. A team that is not connected to the top will crumble at the bottom. So you have to be united and connected at the highest levels, and then you have to connect everyone in the organization. So that's what I'm big on. That's what our leadership training does. That's what our team training does. We really help foster connections that lead to greater commitment, that build great relationships, that lead to a great culture. And it's funny, the more we work with teams and organizations, when we leave and then come back and leave and come back, we see the impact this has on the teams and we see how they perform at a much higher level as a result of this. Right. Great leaders produce great culture. Yep. And one of your quotes that we love here at Built Different is, it, it says, you don't have to be great to serve, but you have to serve to be great. That's it. When I think of one of the greatest leaders of all of, of human history in the yeah. universe, it's Jesus. Yeah. And we, we see that in, in Mark 10 45. The Son of Man, he did not come to be served, but to serve. And he gave his life over as a ransom for many. Mm -hmm. John, help our listeners sort of dive into the, the servant minded, the servant hearted leader and, and sort of maybe setting some goals this year to be a good leader uh, with a servant's heart. Isn't that interesting? Like, why does servant leadership lead to great leadership? Why does it lead to impact? Just think about that. Like, why did it have such an impact? Jesus was the greatest leader of all time. I wouldn't say one of the greatest leader, the greatest leader. The world keeps time based on his birth. Yeah. Right. So I would talk about influence <laughs> when I think about Jesus. Okay, the world keeps time based on his birth. I would say that's a pretty influential leader and the impact that he had. And you might say it was because of the spread of Christianity through the Roman Empire, but it's also because of the influence and the impact he had on people's lives. What is a legacy? A legacy is left by lives touched and stories told. Yeah. Lives touched, stories told. Jesus had a lot of stories told about him, right? Because of the impact he had. And he touched so many lives, hearts, minds, souls, impact. He left an impact, left a legacy wherever he was. And the way he did that was through selflessness, through service, through sacrifice. That is how we see true greatness. Why do we celebrate the military? Because of their service and sacrifice. Why do I love teachers? Teachers serve and sacrifice. Coaches I love because they give everything that they are to help their players become all they're meant to be. Teachers give everything they are to help their students become all they're meant to be. The ones that are great, we recognize that in them. We see that in them. We know their agenda is the student and they're giving everything they have for the student and we see greatness within them. And then with Jesus, we see his greatness because we see he gave everything. He gave it all, his life for others so that we would have freedom, so that we would have life, so that our sins would be forgiven. And that is power, like that's real power. And so there's ego power, 
And ego stands for edging God out. Mm. So think about that. The ego arises because you actually feel separate mm. and disconnected from God. The word anxious means divided. And the enemy is always trying to separate us from God relationally and with each other. So the more separate I feel from people, the more separate I feel from God, the weaker I feel. So what happens? The ego now arises because I have to feel some sense of power, but it's false power because it's connected to self. It's not connected to God. It's connected to self, which is separate from God. And that's why it actually looks fake. It is fake. And it actually is not powerful. And at times it may seem powerful, but it's because it's based on a false sense of power that actually like a barking dog, once you face it and look right at it, it actually runs away. So you realize ego power is not very strong, but humility, servant leadership, recognizing that I am part of the whole, I am one with everybody relationally. No one is better than me, that I am not God. There is a God. It's not me. I'm here to serve God and serve others in that humility of understanding that real power comes from the power that moves through you from God, not your own power, but God's greater power. From there, now we start to experience that oneness with God, that connection with God, and true and real power that gives life and that shows real leadership, powerful leadership. So we recognize that in someone who has a servant leadership style and is selfless versus the ego-driven leader who is driven with false power. Does that make sense? One is real power, one is false power. And it's so interesting because we live in a world where the ego can actually look powerful, but it's a cheap imitation of the real thing, just like there's fake gods and then there's the ultimate real God, right? And we try to do fake gods all the time to feel good. Drugs are a fake God. You're trying to seek a connection and and this higher feeling, but you're using an artificial substance or something else besides God that actually may give you temporary relief, but it doesn't give you restoration. So God wants to restore our soul. He wants to nourish our soul. And only through God can we experience that. So we have all these little cheap imitations and fakes that maybe are appealing, Mm -hmm. that the enemy lies to us and says, oh, this is good. Try this. This will make you feel good. This is what you really want. They're just imitations. They're not the real thing, just like the ego is not the real thing. And the more we meld and become one with God, that's really what we're seeking, a relationship and love of God through love and forgiveness. And in that love and forgiveness, we are restored and we are brought back to our oneness with God and connection with God. And that's what we really want. Is that making sense? It makes total sense. And I love what you're saying about these false intimacies because that's really what I feel like Satan tries to dive in and sneak his way in, try to disconnect us from that root away from God. When we were created to be in a relationship, like you said, and to be in a connection, an intimate personal relationship with God, I think back to Genesis, right? The Genesis 2.18, the very first thing that God said was not good was for man to be alone. And so understanding that Satan would love to divide you, right? To do anything that he can to get in between the two of you. I mean, he'll do it and he'll put things in there, those drugs, the alcohol, the sex, whatever it may look like to try to deter you away from your ultimate source. And right. I, I, was ta- I was talking to Erwin McManus the other day. We had a great yeah. conversation and I said, there's fake and real woven into the fabric of everything. Like there's fake counterfeit money. There's real money. There's fake luxury items and there's real luxury items. There is fake friends and real friends. There's even the Bellagio in Las Vegas and there's hotels in Atlantic City that try to emulate the Bellagio. 
you go to the Bellagio, you see the real thing. You go to Atlantic City, you see these hotels, you can see the difference. But right. if you've never been to the Bellagio before, you would actually think the hotel in Atlantic City is pretty nice because it's a, it's a cheap imitation, but yep. the imitation looks good. If you have the imitation watch, it looks nice, but if you have a real thing, you notice and could see the difference. So there's real and fake in everything. So I asked Erwin, why is that? I had a thought of why, but he answered, which was a brilliant answer, but it's what I thought. He says, you know what? He says, the enemy can't create. He can only corrupt. He cannot imagine. He only imitates. That's good. So everything is literally just an imitation of the real thing. And even other religions, as someone who studied other religions, who was basically a Buddhist and did all these different other religions. I thought they were great. People do yoga, mindfulness as their religion, meditation. They think it's great. And it is good. There are elements of it that are connected to the truth, just like every imitation is connected in some way to the truth. But if you've never experienced the real thing, you think it's great. But once you experience the real thing, like I have with Jesus, then I realized everything I was doing in my past was actually an imitation of the real thing because I've now experienced it. I know what it's like. I know how restorative it is. I know how my soul has been impacted, how it's been changed from the inside out. And I know that feeling and nothing else gives you that feeling, that peace like Jesus. So you see the real thing versus the imitation that exists. So you can see imitations now in everything. You'll start to realize how everything we do is often often put up there by the enemy that says, hey, this is appealing. And the lie is that it's better yeah. than the real thing. See, that's the lie. I responded to Erwin. I said, yes, he can only corrupt. He can't create. He can only imitate. He can't imagine. But you know what he's great at? Convincing us that the imitation is what we want and it's what's better. That's what he's good at. He's such a liar. People believe that lie and then it affects them and it affects their life. Let's tell everyone, the drug is not what you really want. You really want a connection to God. That's why addicts, when they go through a, an addiction program, what do they do? They connect to the higher power. Because yeah, in their addiction program, they're going after the substance and they're actually very spiritual people. Yeah. Addicts are actually really spiritual people because they're yeah. seeking that desire and that relationship with what they really want is God. So they're seeking it. Once they replace the addiction that they have, the drug with the higher power with God, that's how they begin to heal. That's how they actually find their way forward because that's what they really want. You can just see it play out. I love what you said. The enemy cannot create. He can only corrupt. And John, understanding, it's so encouraging to my heart on hearing, you know, one of the leaders, I would say, in the motivational and psychology realm being yourself, someone that in a sense is like a student or a pupil underneath you to hear about this connection with God that you place such an emphasis on and just growing and building and fostering in a personal relationship with him. Thank you so much for sharing that. But John, as we kind of come to a close and we're starting to wrap up here, something that I think so many people along with myself are doing going into 2023 are partaking in your one word challenge for the year this past year my dad and i's word both was gratitude this year i've already said it i've already written it down it's going to be discipline you have stats that say nine out of ten people will fail with their new year's resolutions noting that 50 percent of resolution makers will fail by the end of january that's staggering but you said one word sticks john i'm dying to know what's your one word going into 2023 zach i don't know yet I know my word for 22. It's power. I love so my it. My word has been power this year. Yeah. Here I got COVID at the end of December. And so I'm sick going into the new year. I had the worst Christmas and New Year's I've ever had Ooh. in my life last year. And I'm speaking January 10th. So I'm thinking I got to get ready 
for this talk and I had no power. So I pray, God, what is my word? And three words came to me, worship, hallelujah, and power. Love that. It was a cool moment because in my sickness, in my weakness, God revealed to me what my word was. And I realized, oh, so I got to worship. I got to surrender. Hallelujah. And then I got to live with God's greater power moving through me, not my own power. Man, Zach, it has been the most incredible year of my life this year with the word power. It's been incredible. Again, not my own power, but God's power. So I don't know how I'm going to top it, but I said, all right, God, you gave me power this year. What do you want from me this year? So I'll be praying on it. And then by the end of the year, it will come. The word always comes. For those who don't know how, you pray, you reflect, you look up, you ask for your word, what your word is. Think about what's missing in your life, maybe what you need more of. What do you want to focus on, perhaps? A word that will help you focus. What's going to give you meaning and mission, passion and purpose? That will be your word for the year. Just think about it. It will come to you when you're open because we believe that there's a word that's meant for you. God spoke the universe into existence with the word, and there's a word that he wants to give you to mold and shape your life. And for this year, that will be that word. Next year, he'll give you a new word. Not two words, not four words, a word that you focus on. And then you live that word. And you start to see how it shapes you and molds you to be who you're meant to be. I've done this now for 12 years. Every word each year has changed my life in meaningful ways. And I know that will impact yours if you try this and you do this. Do with your family. Do with your colleagues. Do with your friends. We're doing the one word challenge, onewordchallenge.com. It's free. Join us and join millions of people going to do the one word challenge this year to live their word. And the reason why I'm so passionate about it is because I find that the more you pick a word, the more you're open to it. You start to live with like more faith and more purpose as you have this word. I had an atheist who goes, where does the word come from? I said, God. He goes, I don't believe in God. I said, well, just pray on it anyway. <laughs> so just just reflect on it anyway. Just, just say, I want you to say, I'm open if there's a word that's meant for me. Say to the universe, okay? You want to say universe? Say to the universe, there's a word that's meant for me. And so literally like a couple of weeks later, he's like, it's unbelievable. A word just came to me. Like it just came. I'm like, amazing how that happens. Like, I don't know. Just amazing how it just showed up a word for you. Like it's like there's a God or something. And And I think him doing that actually made him question more of the divine, made him be more open to the divine as a result of this experience. So if you don't believe in God, I still want to encourage you to pick a word and be open for God to give you a word. Here's the other thing. If you don't believe in God, I've had friends do this. It's really powerful. Say, God, I'm not sure I I believe in you. I I have doubts, God. Prove to me that you're real, God. Mm -hmm. Show me that you're real. Show Mm -hmm. me, God. It's amazing. You watch. God will show you. He will prove it to you that he's real. Be open. Be open to it. Say it. But watch how God proves to you that he is real. I've seen it happen so many times. And you know, you, you, ask, you say to me, I'm a positive guy. I do a lot with positive psychology. But yes, as a person of faith, I believe it all, it all melds together. So often our mind doesn't need fixing. It's our soul that needs healing. And as we heal our soul, the way we think starts to improve in dramatic ways. And I know this because my soul was wounded in a huge way. And once I healed my soul, once I accepted Jesus as my savior, everything changed for me in my life. And I started to think a different way. And I started to have more wisdom, more ideas. I started to love people more. I started to serve others more. God started to change me from the inside out. I was not focused on me. I became happier. I was no longer miserable because the more I focused on myself, the more miserable I was. The more I focused on helping others, the happier I was. It's amazing. So all these things 
just changed my life in such amazing ways. And I believe that they will change yours. So you can combine the consciousness, you can combine psychology, you can combine nutrition and health, which I'm big on, but you can also combine faith. And that plays a huge part in our health and our healing. John, I love what you said. We have a loving God who has a word for you That's right. coming up. How we love to close the podcast is we want to hand the mic over to our guest. And for those looking at the new year, maybe 2022 was the worst year of your life. Yeah. And it was hard and you're listening, you're saying, I don't know how to really implement these things that, that we've talked about today. And I don't know if there's really hope for me in the future. John, will you speak to that person who needs a, a glimmer of hope and some positivity headed into 2023? Yeah, I would just say that the best is yet to come. Mm -hmm. And that what you believe so often determines what you create. And so I spent some time with the Tampa Bay Lightning a few years ago. I go to speak to the team. And they were talking about last year because they lost in the first round and they were picked to win the Stanley Cup. So here they were reeling about losing in the first round. They were searching for answers. They were trying to figure out what went wrong. And they were in, in, in many ways a broken place, very down, very pessimistic, just frustrated. Like what happened? And I told them, I said, listen, we can't focus on last year. We got to focus on this year. We can't look backwards. We got to look forwards. We can't be bitter. Mm. We got to get better. And then I gave them research. Teams that feel like they're defending something don't do very well. But teams that feel like they're attacking a new opportunity do great. I said, guys, we've got to attack a new opportunity this year. It doesn't matter what happened last year. Let's attack a new opportunity. You're not defending anything. Don't defend your status or the expectations. Don't worry about fear and don't worry about failing. Focus on attacking a new opportunity. Love the battle, love the competition, love the moment. And if you love it, you'll cast out the fear that holds you back. Man, they responded, won a Stanley Cup, won hmm. the next year, went to the finals last year. Was it me? No, because I also spoke to the Cleveland Browns a few years ago. So I know <laughs> that it's not me. Here's what I know. There was a team that shifted their perspective, shifted their mindset, and they stopped looking backward. They started looking forward, and that changed everything. And that will change your life. Doesn't matter what happened last year. Maybe you had a great year. Doesn't matter. Look forward. Maybe you had a bad year. It doesn't matter. Look forward. What am I creating now? What is my vision? What is my purpose? What will I do each day to be my best, to bring out the best in others? How will I build what I'm building and show up and Zoom focus each day? How will I overcome the adversity and the challenges that I face? And how will I build this with love and purpose and passion and my one word that drives me to be my best? That's going to be the key to having a great year. I love that, John. Having that idea of embracing what it means to have a servant's heart, forward thinking, but when the tough times come, really cling to the words of Galatians 6, 9. Do not grow weary in doing what is right, for in due time you will reap a harvest. If you do not give, give up. I love it, John. John Gordon, thank you so much for taking the time and your willingness to be on the show with us today. I love you, sir. I'm very appreciative of you. I'm so thankful of all the amazing impact and influence you have on countless lives. So thank you for being here with us today. Hey, love you, brother. And Garrett, we're, we're still working on you. You're good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> thanks for being with us, John. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening in to that awesome interview with John Gordon. You know, Zach, what I loved most is in wrapping it all up, we talked about the one word mm -hmm. for the year and how impactful that is for, for people like you and I, our listeners, to pick a word yeah. um, or you know, in praying and meditating and, and asking God, like, what, what do you think that word should be? Allowing him to sort of speak that word. And I've done this for a few years. I know you've done it for a few years. Yep. And 
you know, for, for our listeners, this has been one of the most impactful things for me in starting the new year. Mm. Um, last year, 2022, you know, my word was lift yeah. out of Hebrews 12 two. you know, lift your eyes to Jesus. You know, the, you know, he's the author, the, 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 you know, the perfecter of our faith. Mm. Um, and, 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 and all of that with this mindset, this, this sort of mantra of lift and lifting my eyes toward Jesus, no matter what circumstances I, I, I faced over the, the course of the last year, no matter what, you know, relational difficulty or whatever was going on, I had that reminder, Hey, in this moment, I need to lift my eyes to, to the maker of, of heaven and earth and just say like, God, this is yours and I need help. And in that there were certain things that, that happened and, and, you know, I could, I could elaborate so much on the power of, of the word lift. Hmm. And as we sort of close out 2022, the word that I feel like God has given me for 2023 is the word testify. Hmm. And I'm excited to, to see where, where that leads because I know for me, where I'm going to be living that out is there are things that God is doing in and through me working through, you know, difficulty or, or, or the good in life and, and, you know, I am to testify to the goodness. Mm. And no matter what that season is, I know that I'm supposed to tell of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, and all of that, I'm excited for 2023. And so for our listeners, like, I really encourage you, like pick a word um, and, or, you know, spend time with God and, and allow him to sort of speak that over you. Zach, I know you, you've done this and, and you're working on your word and yeah. praying. Absolutely. I love this too, because like John really emphasizes, the power of one word is so much more simple than having to try to, you know, maintain something in a goal uh, or a new year's resolution throughout the entire year. But one word is very easy to remember. I think it's also very, um, it holds you accountable when you think about this one word and you dwell on it. It's like, right. man, I need to practice this each and every day of my life, each and every moment. My word for 2022 was very similar to my dad's. His was gratitude. Mine was grateful. So I wrote it down and it comes out of 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for your life in Christ Jesus. And just having that mindset throughout the entire year of, you know, finding something that I can be grateful for, even in the midst of challenge and difficulty and adversity, but then going into 2023, the word that I feel like God has imprinted on my heart is that of discipline. Um, I want to be disciplined in every facet of my life because discipline and motivation are two very different things. You know, there are moments when we are not going to feel very motivated when I feel tired or I'm exhausted or I don't want to do something. But discipline chooses to do it even when motivation may be lacking. And so whether it's spiritually relationally, physically, mentally. I just want to be disciplined in every fast in my life in 2023. And I think that kind of bridges this gap as we close out today's episode. One thing that's going to take for me personally, when it comes to, to remain disciplined is having um, friends for the fire, being able to press into a relationship like never before, something that John Gordon really honed in on here throughout today's episode, G. Right. And I just want to leave our our guests and our listeners with that mindset of who's in your corner, right? Who's in your inner circle? Um, there's a story I always tell of the lion, which the lion is the most courageous animal on earth. It has the mentality, I mean, of a warrior. And I always ask the question, how does a lion approach every opportunity with that killer instinct or mindset? Mm. And the truth is lions run in packs yeah. and packs are called, lion packs called a pride. 
And I think a lot of people don't take pride internally in the pride they surround themselves with externally. And so just, I challenge you guys today, everyone listening, man, take pride in the people you surround yourself with. Make sure that they are sharpening you, that they are lifting you up, that they are encouraging you, and that they are building you into the person that God has destined you to become in 2023. My friends, we love you. We are for you. Um, and we're very thankful that you joined us for today's episode. As always, thank you for joining us. And we will see you next time in 2023 on the Built Different Podcast. <laughs>